Welcome to Garfield Memorial Church. We are one church in three locations, Pepper Pike, Ohio, South Euclid, Ohio, and Liberia, Africa. Together, we seek to widen the circle through our core values of diversity, safety, authenticity, growth, and forgiveness. To learn more about Garfield Memorial Church, visit our website at garfieldchurch.org. And now, may you be blessed and inspired by our weekly podcast of the message from the 10 a.m. Sunday morning Mosaic worship service. Garfield Memorial Church, widening the circle. Uh, Reconciled, and I I have to tell you, it's been a a heart-searching, mind-changing, life-altering series for me. And I pray it has been the same for you. And I tell you, I've never, uh, as they say, worried over a sermon as much as I have this one. Every time I read it, I get something different. And I pray as we close it today that it'll do for you what it's done for me. It's launched a whole new chapter uh, in my thinking and my reasoning as it relates to the body of Christ and to myself. And so we we are excited today and uh, so glad to have. We're social distancing and we do have a few folks here. Uh, here in the sanctuary, and man, are you ready to rumble? Let's get it ready to rumble. All right, there we go, there we go. So before we we get in, I'm going to start the the actual sermon, but there's a few things I want to talk about first as we go into uh, this sermon, is is that reconciliation, uh, reconciliation, it is, it is the gospel, you know, my, my topic is five ingredients of re- reconciliation, but re- reconciliation is the gospel. The, the, the story of the Bible is reconciliation. I almost, yeah, I, I kind of chuckle, and I, it's probably not funny, it may be pitiful, but I, I find people trying to make the Bible talk about everything but what it's about. It's not about, it's, it's not about all of that. It's not about white nationalism. It's not about black nationalism, as if black and white are the only people on the planet. Well, how silly is that? There's a whole lot of other people on the planet, but black and white. And so it's not about either of those things. It's about reconciliation. It's a story of how God reconciled uh, us to himself. You know, the, the Bible teaches this. Uh, all of this is from God. Second Corinthians 5, 18 uh, through 20. It says, all of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of the church is reconciliation. You know, every time I've said this in years past, I always get, get in trouble because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm shooting a sacred cow. Uh, the ministry of the church is not to feed the hungry. That's what you do in the context of reconciliation. You can feed the hungry and never reconcile anything. You haven't reconciled anything. You're just, you're just a feeding program. And nothing wrong with feeding programs. Feed people because they're hungry. You know, but your ministry is reconciliation. I mean, you, you know, you throwing people out there to, to, to feed people with a slingshot is not ministry. That's just feeding people with a slingshot. Okay, and so, but the ministry of the church is reconciliation. It says he's reconciled us to himself and gave us, the, that's the body of Christ, uh, the ministry of reconciliation. That is Christ, um, that is in Christ. God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting us uh, uh, the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, uh, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. That is, that is the ministry of the body of Christ, and that's the ministry of every believer, every single child of God. 
uh, that, that is our ministry. So this is not, I, I said that to say this, this is not one of them tag-along kind of theory kind of things. Well, you know, this is just how Pastor Chip sees it. This is just how Garfield sees it. No, this is what the Bible says. This is not how we see it. This is what it's, that's what it's saying. It, we want it to say everything but what it's saying. It's saying what, what it's saying. All right, that is our ministry. And, and so we have to remember that uh, as, as we move forward. So I'm going, today I'm going to give you five ingredients, five ingredients of reconciliation. And like I, I've said a uh, couple times, I'm going to unashamedly um, piggyback on uh, Chip's message last week because I thought it was an exceptional word. And if it's not broke, don't fix it. If the will works, don't build another one and all of that. I'll just add my little two cents in here and there and uh, we will get to where we need to go. All right, so I, I'm, I'm going to give you, I don't have this in slide form, formation, but I'll just give it to you. There are five ingredients that I'm going to talk about today. Uh, I'm going to give them to you so when I start chasing rabbits and I get off track, you remember that I gave you the five, so you can't say he got off track. So we're not going to do that. So the five ingredients, uh, uh, forgiveness, repentance, humility, divine perspective, and the love of God. Forgiveness, repentance, humility, divine perspective, and the love of God. And uh, these uh, are taken from the interaction between um, uh, Joseph and his brothers. You guys know the story, and let's go to the text. You you know the story. Uh, By the time we get to the text, uh, Joseph's Brethren saw that their father was dead. They said, Joseph will, and I'm using King James Version here, uh, Joseph will preadventure hate us and will certainly requite of us all the evil which we did to him. And they sent a messenger to Joseph saying, thy father did command before he died saying, so shall you say to Joseph, forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin for they did unto thee evil. Wow. And now pray thee, forgive the, tre- you see, forgive, forgive the trespass of thy servants and the God of thy father, uh, the servants of, of, and the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake to him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, behold, we shall be thy servants. Joseph says, fear not, for I am I in the place of God. All right, and we'll stop right there. So what you see, forgiveness and repentance, forgiveness and repentance, uh, these are uh, necessary for reconciliation. Uh, What I love about this is that, um, look, there's no glossing over the facts here. See, with God, God is, you know, they got a saying they use right now, keeping it 100. Have you heard that? I'm going to keep it 100 with you, which means I'm going to be very, very honest with you. One of, one of my favorite preachers, some of you may have known him, he went on to be with the Lord a couple of months ago, uh, Bishop J.D. Leno Ellis, uh, he used to say, I'm going to preach this to you straight with no chaser. <laughs> so with God, you know, God is a realist. Though, you know, he said in Isaiah, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be whiter than snow. He's not skirting the issue. And as the body of Christ, children of God, we can't skirt the issue either. It is an issue. Some stuff happened that wasn't so pretty. You know, whether it's, whether it's national healing or interpersonally, whatever, for there to be reconciliation, we have to do, for, we have forgiveness and repentance are the first two ingredients. Forgiveness and repentance create the environment for reconciliation. So, so that, that means both people are willing to, I'm going to do what it takes. 
I'm going to humble myself, I'm going to listen, and all of that. Forgiveness and repentance, the first two ingredients. And, and something that I, I just caught hold this morning, every time you preach this, you get something different. Sometimes you, you may never be able to sit down directly with an individual and work through issues, but you can do this in your own heart. You, you, can, you, can, you can do this in your own heart. Because what forgiveness simply is, is a release. It's a release of my intent to get even with you. I'm going to get you, sucker. See, you get rid of that. You know, you get rid of your right. And sometimes you may have a right to avenge someone. They did do you wrong. And so I'm going to get you. So forgiveness is releasing your feelings and plans of ill will, anger, and retribution, and releasing those things against that person, receiving the love of God in this place. It is something you can do all by yourself without ever talking to them. And watch this. These are cousins. Because if you have to forgive, you're probably going to have to repent too. Because you're going to kill some folk in your mind. You, you don't, this is probably why we watch, you know, me, you know, I, I'm telling them, I said, there's a reason I probably why I like boxing, UFC, wrestling, WWE. Why do I like that? Because I get to see people do stuff to other people that I wouldn't want to do to people, but I can't do it legally. <laughs> so I, I'm living through that, like knock him out. You knock him out. I like those video games where people get knocked out. So if I have to forgive, I probably need to repent too because I've probably done some damage to some folks in my heart. See? And so those are the first. And you see this in, 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 in the text, forgive the trespass of thy servants. And, and they fell down and, and, and said, um, you know, we'll be your slaves. We'll, we'll be your servants. All right, so the, so the third one, the third ingredient, we're going to see uh, where Joseph responds. He responds to them, and, and he says, he says, uh, for am I in the place of God? Behold, we will be thy servants. And Joseph said to him, fear not, for am I, for am I in the place of God? That's huge. The fact that he says this, points to a powerful point. We know we're not God, but we can act like it. We're in the place of God. You know, this, he's not saying, am I God? He didn't say, am I God? He said, am I in the place of God? Other words, what he's acknowledging is like, look, guys, look, I forgive you. Now, if there's something that God needs to do with you, that's between you and God. You follow? So there's a part of reconciliation that is a God-sized thing. What happens in the heart? I don't, I don't know. How will God make this be that? I don't know. I know th- I'm a history, history buff. I know that through history, if you study history, and we're not exempt from historical, what I call historical facts. If you study history, if you oppress any people too long, it will end. It will. When, how, do I don't know. Because, you know, we, have ne- we got historical truth. You have historical narratives. Man, that's a whole nother sermon. You, you know, we got narratives. Like, we tell a story a certain way. You know, the, the, the narrative goes to the victor. But God is like, okay, I'm, I, you can't run that on me. I'm God. So if there's something that needs to go down and throw down and go down, that's a God-sized thing. So he says, I'm not in the place. Am I in the place of God? Don't fear. Don't fear. You have nothing to fear from me. You know? 
You know, I found out it's easier. Anybody who need to get God, God going to get anybody who need to get God. If somebody need to get God, God going to get them. And most time people don't need to get God. You just mad at them. And watch this. God ain't going to get somebody because you mad at them. Amen. If you go, in fact, if he going to get anybody, he might get me first. One time I was praying a prayer. Beverly and I, we were, we were a young, young married couple, and I was a hotshot preacher, and I knew everything. You know, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Steve. I was right there. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Steve. I was right there at the top. I'm real close to God. I had God on speed dial. Me and God was like this. And so I'm praying this horrendous prayer. Beverly, let's get on our knees and pray to God. We're going to pray with God over our marriage right now. We're gonna... So I'm, I'm just in my old prideful, lifted up self in the place of God. Lord, I need you to bring your hand down and bring your judgment. <laughs> oh, I almost said something. I was going to get into trouble. I was going to strike and strike it. No, I'm sorry. I said, don't let me do that. Uh, bring your hand down and do this stuff. And in the middle of that, the Holy Spirit rebuked me. And I was telling, said, talking to God, trying to talk to her and God at the same time. You know how y'all do? Church people do. You're not really talking to God. You're talking to people, but you're praying. And I, and I said, God, she don't know what she's doing. And the Holy Spirit says, neither do you. And it went from pride to being humbled and weeping before God. I said, I, don't, I love this woman and I don't know how to love her, but teach me how to love her. I know she loves me, but we have something going on here that we cannot get our arms around. She has brokenness. I have brokenness. She has fear. I have fear. Our fears are fighting each other and we're on the outside looking in, watching those fears being together, trying to get to each other. But there's fear and pain and, and suspicion and history in the way. That's not even our baggage, and we got it from our parents. Is, is that real? Any, anybody? Yeah. Just, it was just us. And so there's a, there's a time of humility where I'm not in the place of God. Humility is the third ingredient. We must, we must acknowledge our limitations and trust that God will correct and bring forth justice and righteousness in every situation in his time. Well, Lord, Okay. So I get to release that. I don't have to worry about that. I'll let God do what he does. Joseph says, am I in the place of God? Fear not. But watch this. Not only did he, should we not put ourselves in the place of God, we shouldn't put anything else in the place of God. Avoid putting anything in the place of God. Placing something in the place of God, however noble, sacred, or meaningful, is idolatry. Let me say this to you. Let me be very bold with you. Our nation, our nations of idolaters, this is idolatry to lift our words to the same level as God's word. To the degree that you would even have one scintilla of conflict between all men were created equal as if that was our edict and not God's. It's not our edict. That's God's edict. And when we start practicing something other than the word in the name of God, but not the nature of God, that's idolatry. And God, God will deal with his people. You know, it's funny. One, one, one of the basic truths of Scripture that we miss and we forget, when you read Old Testament and New Testament, folks, God is talking to his people. God in the Bible, and we can argue this if you like, maybe we get a little class. Uh, but the Bible is not a book to the world directly. No, 
This is God dealing with his people. Okay? So when you see judgment, you see the backhand of God, he's dealing with his people. So all of this is going on, whether it's in my heart or it's in my name, my nature, in our nation. God wants to know, where are my people? What are they lifting up higher than me? What are they lifting up higher than me? You know, greed is good. Greed is sinful. It's not good. It's not cute. Get rich or die trying. It's not cute. Amen. Capitalism without ethics and morality you will use people as merchandise. If you take God out of capitalism, you have something that is horrific because now people and their problems are only addressed when there's a dollar to be made. God is against it. And every child of God should be against it. And you should have the good, common, godly sense to know how to balance the two. See, God's truth can do that. He can bring things into light. Say, listen, I don't mind you earning money. Matter of fact, I made you to do that. I created you to do that. Amen. But not at the expense of others. He balances that. And if you read the Bible, you know it's all in there. So watch this. So we shouldn't lift anything else into the place of God. Sure, I have allegiances. Like if you watch, if I watch the Olympics... Who am I rooting for? Us. Woo! But not at the expense of anybody else. I can't help it that our guy was faster than his guy. I'm sorry. Okay, I'll move move away from that. You know where I'm going. Don't place anything in the place of God. So all of this is humility. It's humility. So we have forgiveness, repentance, and then we have humility. Don't lift anything in the place of God. Don't even make it close. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's how we deal with income and wealth and all of that, because God has in his kingdom a way to get there. All right. Fourth ingredient. And uh, they don't have slides for this because yours truly forgot to give them, so I'm going to just go with (laughs) my outline here. It's the perspective of God. Fourth ingredient, divine perspective. Now listen to this. These two work together. Humility, if there's no humility, you would never see it from God's point of view. And he puts it on us to humble ourselves. He said, humble, Peter says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Do it yourself. Don't make me come and get you. Do it yourself. Because life can humble you. Let me tell you a story. Now, I grew up in the, in the church, and we believed in divine healing. I still believe in divine healing. I just had an experience that helped me understand divine healing a different way. But I was one of those, I believe in divine healing. I don't need no medicine divine healing. That's what I, because people around me were saying that, so I thought it was cool to say. So one day, what had happened was, one day, I was at work, and my side began to hurt. It was really, 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 really hurting. And, and, uh, and so I, I normally worked through it. I had a very physical job. I normally worked through it. And, uh, but I couldn't work through this. It, it hurt worse and worse. And before I knew it, I was at home in so much pain that uh, I was in a fetal position in so much pain. I couldn't see straight. I was in so much pain. And so my wife says, uh, babe, you want to go to the ER? No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to believe God. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to believe God. I believe God. I don't need no medicine. Medicine's of the devil, Bobby Boucher. It's of the devil. Okay, that kind, of, that kind of stuff. So now watch this. Now watch this. This is called being humbled by God. So my wife had tried, but baby, you know, you know, the same God that, that, you know, God can work through doctors. Yeah, yeah, but I got doctor from on high. I got Dr. Jesus. He's from on high. I don't need all of that. Okay. She said, okay, but I'm going to take you to the ER. I said, I'm not going to the ER. She says, if you don't get up and get, go to the ER, I'm going to ha- let them come in here and drag you out in your underwear. And everybody in the neighborhood is going to see your big butt in your underwear. I'm like, okay, I go. So, I, so I, get, I get to the emergency room, and, and I'm still in that pride, man. I'm still in that pride. I'm still like, you know, I'm going to believe God. You know, God, just touch me right now in Jesus' name, and it's all going to go away. You're healed right now. I'm, I'm trying to get that moment, and that, and that ain't coming. That ain't coming. And so, so finally, so finally, I went from, I'm going to believe God to please give me something. <laughs> Ma'am, nurse, stop. You, where are you going? Don't leave me. Don't give me, give me something. I just need something. I don't care what it is. Give me something. And so they shot me with some Demerol. And oh, hallelujah. Oh, how God works through the hand of man. Oh, it was like the warm hand of God took all of the pain away. See, good teaching from my wife would allow me to just humble myself, right? But I needed an experience to be humbled so I could see that other perspective. You get it? That divine perspective comes when we humble ourselves. When we humble ourselves, we can hear each other. You can't hear another person when you're not humble because all you hear is you're listening for talking points to combat what they're saying and you're not even listening to what they're saying. Whoever it is, whatever the situation. So you got to let God, you got to humble yourself so you can receive a divine perspective. And I imagine Joseph, I, I don't think when Joseph was in the pit, he was, you know, saying this scripture where he said to them, you meant it for evil. You meant it for evil. You thought evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. So he's not glossing over, but you did mean it for evil. You was trying to kill me. You wasn't playing. You was trying to kill me. That rope you got was not for decoration. You was trying to kill me for real, Right? So he didn't gloss over that. He says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And here's the, here's the divine perspective. To bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. You meant it this way, but God turned it that way. You know what's a good thing? If you understand that it doesn't matter what people do, God has the final say. God can give you joy and you have a bucket a mop, a table, and a chair, and you can have more joy than someone with a mansion. God can give you peace right where you are. It doesn't matter what people meant. It matters what God means. It doesn't matter what people meant. It matters what God means. I don't have to keep on begging for people to, to see my plight. God sees my plight. I don't have to. I'm not going to get restored through people. I'm going to get restored by God. See, once you get that, then you, it don't matter. You know, you know, they, you should make King holiday, King to Heaven's on holiday. Yeah. 
But what if they don't? So it's a holiday to me. I won't be there. I will be using that day off of work today. Have a nice day. See you. So I don't need the whole world to come and go, we understand your pain. (laughs) If you're waiting on that, that's never going to happen. Because human beings just don't function that way, whatever the issue. Most people are just into their own issues. And so it doesn't matter what people mean. Matters what God does. God mended. See, the, the vision was from God. Joseph had a vision from God. And God raised him up even though he went to the pit. You realize Joseph had a record? Do you know Joseph would have to, he would have had to register <laughs> as a sex offender? You don't read your Bible. I can tell by that attitude you're looking at me with. She accused this boy of rape. And he was legally tried and put in jail. Well, it doesn't matter what people say about you. Lie or truth, what matters is what God's going to do. So, divine perspective. Divine perspective comes from God, not human reasoning. We humble, when we humble ourselves, we see ourselves, we see others, and we see our circumstances from God's perspective. Our character is forged in the fire of our adversity. So don't curse the thing that's making you strong. Well, who made David so strong? What made David so awesome? Goliath. God had anointed David. Y'all know the story, right? God had anointed David to be king. But what was the moment where we knew what God had put in the boy? Goliath. If David would have never taken Goliath out, we wouldn't know anything about this David or his anointing. So don't curse the thing that's making you strong. Amen. If it's getting, if it, hey, how do you build strong faith? Push some things off by faith. <laughs> Tribu- the Bible says tribulation works patience and patient experience. You want to learn how to pray? Let trouble come. You will pray. You will pray little cute prayers. Dear God, heavenly Jesus, cool little Jesus there in your little swaddling clothes. You play those little cute prayers because you're not in trouble. When you get in trouble, you go back to what works. I, you know, when I get in trouble, I go back to the old school way of praying, the way it works for me. May not work for you, works for me. Amen. I call on Jesus. We used to sing them song, if you call on Jesus, he will answer prayer. I mean, our songs just repeat 5,000 times. If you don't get it, by the time, time 4,999, you won't get it. But we just keep on, if you call on Jesus, he will answer prayer. If you call on Jesus, he will answer prayer. If you call on Jesus, he will answer prayer. If you call on Jesus, he will answer prayer. Pray, 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 he will answer prayer. Pray, 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 he will answer prayer. Pray, pray, pray. See, we got the point. Pray. That's the point. The point is pray. Not reason, pray. Because there's certain things I'm not going to figure out. And so you get his perspective. So that's the fourth thing is getting his divine perspective. So we have repentance, forgiveness, humility, divine perspective. The fifth and final ingredient is found in verse 21. He says, now therefore fear ye not. And King James says it this way, I like it. I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. Wow. He, he, watch this. It it is historically true in our nation anyway, and in many cases, 
that our love for people is just blah, 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 blah. It really is. And people who, listen, wounded people can pick up that blah, blah, blah quickly. If you start dealing with people, this is not a racial thing. This is broken people. Broken people know when you're talking junk and you're not going to do nothing. They know that. So when it's, well, I love you, brother, Steve. Steve, I love you, man. It's just, man, you're just a guy. I love you, God. Yeah, yeah, whatever. See, in the scripture, love is not blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Welcome to blah, blah, blah church. And we love to blah, 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 blah. I went to a Bible college where I was brother Steve from 8 to 1130. But if I walk past those same people at 1 o'clock at the pizza place, they won't even acknowledge my presence. Blah, 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 blah. Come on, brother, blah, blah, blah. Man, I'm like, man, if you don't get out of my face, I'm going to slap the blah, blah out of you. So when we talk about walking in the love of God, it's not blah, 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 blah. Look at what Joseph did. Not what he said. Look at what he did. He says, therefore, fear not. I will, I will nourish you. Not just feed. Nourish is compassionate feeding. Nourishment is sitting down with you and eating. Compassion means to get in my pain with me and cry with me. Not set up a social program so I can do better. Social programs are for the world. Ministry is for the church. I see in your suffering my suffering. He says, I will nourish you and your children. I will nourish you and your children. And and he goes on to say, he comforted them and he spoke kindly to them. See, Jesus Christ gives us what it really is to walk in love. Ephesians 5 and 1, he gives us this, what it really means to walk in love. Walking in the love of God, it says in Ephesians 5 and 1, therefore be imitators of God, imitate God. As beloved children and what? Walk, keyword, walk in love. At, watch this, as Christ loved us, And gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Walking in love is giving ourselves, here it is, walking in love, in the love of God, is giving yourself to God for others. That's what walking in love actually is. It's it's saying, Lord, putting all the pieces together, Lord, I see the plight of people in this world, in this situation, I come now and I give myself to you to seek your face concerning how I can do or how you can do something to help these others. Others. Give yourself to God. I don't, I don't want to get into this. I wish I could. An offering and a sacrifice, sweet-smelling savor to God. You give yourself to God for others. That is walking in love. It's what you do. It's not just what you say. Imagine this. What would happen if we who identify ourselves as children of God would give ourselves to God for others? What would happen? 
I mean, listen, I, I know all about, I mean, we have rallies for this and rallies for that and this and that and the fifth and the third, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But where's the rally for souls? I haven't seen one major organization, including the one I'm a part of, come together and lay out before God. Where are the big cathedrals for souls? Where's the big laying out before God? God, our land is hurting. Where's that prayer? We give ourselves to you. Let us be instruments of your peace. Help us. Where is it? It's silent in the church. Oh, no, you can line up on that side or that side. You know, Jesus said, God ain't riding no elephant, no, no donkey. He ain't riding you one. And neither should you be. Even though you may vote one, but you shouldn't be riding neither one. Y'all ain't hearing me. You shouldn't be riding neither one. You vote the way you vote. But I ride with Jesus. That's who I ride with. I'm riding with the lamb. I'm riding with the lamb. So when he needs to use someone to speak truth and bring reconciliation and bring light and be sought, he can use his people. But man, if you sold your soul one way or the other and you're not his, when the salt has lost its savor, it is therefore good for nothing. I should preach these good for nothing church folks. When the salt has lost its savor, it's therefore good for nothing, the Bible says. Jesus says, we cast out trotting at the foot of man. So my prayer today is that we would let these truths Trans, I mean, these truths are transforming my life. Forgiveness, repentance, humility, the perspective of God. And, oh, God, teach us how to walk in your love. I pray it's a blessing to you. Be blessed today.